Hi, I'm Dr. Stan Steindl. Today on Compassion in a T-Shirt, I'm going to be speaking with Mallory DeSalle and Lodge McCammon about therapeutic humour. Mallory is a licensed mental health counsellor, an internationally certified prevention specialist, motivational interviewing trainer, which is where I know her from, and a certified humour professional. As a speaker and trainer, she sparked curiosity in both the young and the young at heart. Her passion for creating a lasting impact led her to the public health field. And for the past 14 years, she's worked at Prevention Insights, a centre with the School of Public Health at Indiana University, Bloomington. Mallory works with people all over the world. She served on the board of directors for the Association of Applied and Therapeutic Humour and in 2021 became a TEDx speaker. Her credentials don't impress her family, but they impress me. Uh, but occasionally her corny jokes do make them laugh. Dr. Lodge McCammon is a therapeutic humorist, instructional designer, author, musician, and international education consultant who provides professional services, including keynote speeches, workshops, curriculum development, and a variety of training programs. He works with school districts, universities, nonprofits, and businesses, for example, Palm Beach Schools, University of the West Indies, Discovery Education, Microsoft, Amazon. Most recently, Lodge facilitated a month of therapeutic humor for the nourished teachers community which is a Facebook-funded initiative focused on helping educators cope with work stress and avoid burnout. He uses a program that he designed called Laugh It Off to help his clients transform their daily frustrations into humour. I had a delightful conversation with Mallory and Lodge, all about therapeutic humour, but also a little bit about where therapeutic humour might fit with compassion-focused therapy. I hope you get something out of our conversation, maybe even a few laughs. Well, Stan, thank you for having us. Uh, we're thrilled to be here, and thanks to everyone who is listening. Uh, let's begin with a paradox, which is a situation that has contradictory features. So here it is. Uh, humor and laughter are desperately needed today. Humor and laughter are very very risky today. Yes. Therapeutic humor isn't really about us delivering jokes and telling you about what's funny. It, if we do that, it's really going to alienate a large percentage of almost any audience, especially these days. So it's really more about us inviting you to find your own funny. Evoking humor can safely help everyone access more joy in life. Hmm. During this podcast, uh, podcast, there it is. That's the first. <laughs> that's the first joke. Uh, during this podcast, there we are. Uh, we're going to demonstrate that exact thing that Mallory just said um, by inviting Stan to be our client, uh, so we can explore some therapeutic humor exercises together. We're going to do some warm-up activities and then engage in a series of three therapeutic humor exercises. But first, Stan, we want to ask for permission. Would it be okay if we begin? Yes, as long as you don't ask me to say podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already did. You already oh. did. Yeah. yeah it's it's a hard word. We're good. It's a hard word. Oh, oh <laughs> excellent. Thank you. Uh, one other thing uh, real quick before we begin. It is possible, actually it's probable that you will listen to this podcast and be, hey, got it right, uh, podcast and be like, um, I don't think what they're saying is funny at all. <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> and that's okay. This is not a stand-up comedy performance. This is an intentional conversation between the three of us. And uh, one of the biggest pieces of feedback we've gotten on these conversations uh, I've heard is that people are like, I watched the whole thing. It was really interesting but it just wasn't funny at all. And there's something <laughs> magical about people being together. There's something magical about humor together. And yeah, if you're listening to this in your car or while you're taking a walk on your headphones, again, you may not laugh and that's okay. 
I do have um, sort of adolescent children, so I'm used to kind of like uh, when I try to make a joke. Yeah, that's so that's true. fine. That's fine. The, the grin, the grimace, the eye roll, you know, all of that is fine. And if you think what we come up with is funny, great. Um, but if not, that's also fine. You know, in either case, we invite you to try these exercises that we talk about today. And I don't know, see if you can make yourself laugh. And ultimately, that's what it's all about, Stan. Very good. Absolutely. Yeah. Make yourself laugh. That's kind of the main thing. And then, um, I mean, if you try these exercises with a group of people that you know, like the three of us are doing, you probably will laugh, even though, again, listening to it, you may not be sparked to <laughs> laugh. Don't, don't undersell it. <laughs> I know, okay. It could be right. You're, <laughs> you're going to laugh every five seconds. Every that. 12 <laughs> seconds, you're going to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so um, for our hmm. warm up, let's try something really simple. Let's start with something very, very simple. So Stan, uh, what is the funniest word that you can think of? Fart. Am, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> you, can say, you can say whatever you'd like. So it I'm always sorry. makes just me laugh for some reason. The word, the word fart, is that what you started with? Yes. That's, yeah. that's how we're kicking off the podcast? That's, what, that's the beginning. Okay. I like uh, it. That's the beginning. So now, now the cool thing about that word is that that word means multiple things um it, does. it doesn't just mean gas uh it means other things too and so we'll see if that's what you let's see if that's what you mean okay uh mallory what's the funniest word you can think of oh my gosh now the pressure's on um gobbledygook <laughs> that, I, that's that's a great word that's a funny word um mine is bum bumber shoot yeah I, I like that word, bumper shoot. Right. There feels okay. like there's a, a relationship between those three words. I'm not sure, but uh... that would <laughs> we're going to find out. <laughs> that would be exciting. You know, just simply using those funny words by itself. I mean, you can tell it makes people laugh. And so what we'd like to try is instead of just saying the word, um, like, I feel like I'm not making any sense right now. I could say... I feel like all of this was gobbledygook, you know, it makes it sound funnier. <laughs> right. So let me, let me give it a try. So instead of saying a bummer, man, it's starting to rain. I wish I had my umbrella. I can say a bummer, man, it's starting to rain. I wish I had my bumper shoot. <laughs> <laughs> just funny words. Just, just swap it with a funny word. All right. I like it. Okay. Stan, uh, let's, let's, give you a try. So uh, give us a short statement that you don't think is funny and then use your funny word, fart, um, in that same <laughs> sentence. Don't make it funny. Okay. Now I, right. now I feel puerile, but anyway. Um, a, a not, uh, sorry, a not funny statement first. So um, I, um, I'm, I'm scared of, of taking my next flight overseas. Uh, it keeps me up at night. Oh, um, I'm scared of taking my next fart overseas. It keeps me up at night. <laughs> oh, now, which which definition of fart are you referring to? I think there's three, right? So there's there's gas, and then there, what's the there's there's a, and like sort of a, a silly person, you know, like an old fart. That's another. Oh, of course, of, incompetent. Of course. I think it's incompetent, maybe. Um, mm. And then there's a third definition. Mal, do you remember? Do you know what that is? Wasting time. Um, wasting time. Okay. Fart, farting yeah, about. Far, farting around. Farting about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right, so right, which right. which definition did you mean? Definitely the first one. I think. <laughs> <laughs> keeping it keeping it simple. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Yeah, and so just dropping funny words into sentences and and you did a great job especially a sentence where you built up this tension already like you're expressing something difficult i'm mm, i'm it's stressed real. out about yeah. uh you know taking a flight so you know i'm stressed out about taking a i can't say it. i can't finish the <laughs> sentence but yes yeah yeah okay yeah yeah oh, oh my goodness are you ready for another warm up activity 
statue. Sure, sure. What's the next one? Um, let's see. The next activity gets us thinking about absurdity. Oh my gosh. Okay, so absurdity, Stan, means something wildly unreasonable. It's illogical, something that creates a caricature of reality. You see what I'm saying here? So with that in mind, Stan, complete the following sentence with the most abs absurd idea you can think of. And I'm a little bit worried now. We'll see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if sadness were a meal, it would be. If sadness were a meal, it would be sweet and sour tofu. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. That and that's that's funny because it's surprising. I didn't I didn't expect you to say that. <laughs> so surprising, unexpected, absurd responses. That's what sparks laughter in others. If we can surprise people, uh, we tend to get them to laugh. That's kind of the only formula. So saying surprising things, which let's rewind for a second. When Stan said F-A-R-T, I can't even say the whole word. Um, when he said that was surprising, I wouldn't expect Stan to open up the podcast with F-A-R-T. So that was surprising to me, which is why I left. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, initially it's the sadness, the idea of sadness that builds all of that tension, especially in our lives, because we all get sad. I mean, you understand that it's painful. And when we get sad, one way to help pull us out of it is to laugh. And it, the cool thing is, is by laughing, it releases this cocktail of helpful chemicals like dopamine and serotonin and our brain and our body, it all changes perspectives. Yeah, according to research, humor and laughter actually help maintain well-being by reframing stressful events. Uh, humor can be used to communicate difficult issues, which can help clients cope with emotional and physical suffering, sickness, and loss. A uh, 2017 study showed that when clients laughed for 30 minutes, there were significant physical and mental benefits. Yeah. So, Stan, which is, a, I'm trying to think, when was the last time I laughed for 30 minutes? In a row. No. No. <laughs> Maybe the whole day. In a whole ah, 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 okay. It can be aggregate, completely aggregate. So okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, you you can sort of pile it up, and and we want you to. So one of those techniques that you can use, Stan, is the next time that you're feeling sad, you can think. You know, if sadness were a meal, it would be. What'd you say? Sweet, Sweet sour. Sweet <laughs> you know, in that moment of sadness you're reframing yeah. and yeah. that practice of reframing sadness that right there that's therapeutic humor oh sweet oh. and sour all right well, it's an interesting one actually yeah i i wonder now that i've said it because it's sort of what are some other examples of of what people might say there i mean have you had other because i say in some ways i think oh mine's almost a little bit sort of you know sweet and sour or something i was trying to be clever almost or something but what, what have other people said uh we, we've gotten all sorts of real strange <laughs> answers yeah. uh, uh some of some of the ones that really one of the, some of the ones that really got me um i said uh if sadness were a meal it would be a brussels sprouts i, right. I don't know why that got me <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. i like brussels sprouts personally yeah me, me too. i don't I like sweet and sour tofu my, my favorite response is a red wine and Oreo smoothie. Okay, right. Oh, yeah, wow. actually, I, no, that's good. That's good. I would, I would be sad, but I would, I would kind of like it. Yes. You know? yeah. yeah. And then David Prescott. So we we worked with David Prescott recently from Safer Society, and his response was hilarious. He said, "If sadness were a meal, it would be all the caterpillars from my garden." Yes. That. Yeah, and he had a whole story about why that is because he fights this battle. So he made it he made it relevant, and he found that um, enjoyable, and we did as well. <laughs> yeah, good, uh, great. Yes. All right. So, uh, Stan, do you feel warmed up? Yes, pretty much. I would say. Okay. 
Excellent. So let's let's jump into the the therapeutic exercises. So exercise one, okay. uh, we call it Pilo punchlines. So punchlines are absurd statements that can add humor and diffuse tension when placed at the end of any sentence. Uh, what's really interesting is that these punchlines can spark laughter, even if they are non sequiturs, which are conclusions that may not logically follow from the previous statement. Okay, so for example, here are two non sequitur punchlines from a previous session that that I thought were really funny. First one, I guess I won't get my deposit back. <laughs> and the second one is I blame public libraries. <laughs> All right, so those are just silly sort of nonsensical statements. Uh -huh. um, those are those are good. And so here are two punchlines from previous sessions that that made me laugh. And while we're thinking about this, you know, the way we deliver punchlines can also help punch them up. So like Mallory's last one, I blame public libraries. You can say it like, I blame public libraries. Or you can be like, I blame public libraries. And one of those is more just naturally more funny than the other because we're being dramatic. And the dramatic brings out the absurdity. It unearths the absurdity. So let me try to really perform these. So two mm. non-sequitur punchlines that I think are funny. Um, <clears throat> Uh-oh, someone spilled the SpaghettiOs. Eh, that's medium. Um, here's a um, I like that uh, one. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a good one, too. And, then, um, and that's the most dangerous game. Mm -hmm. All right. Gosh. Mysterious. So, <laughs> uh, no pressure here, oh. but we would love to hear a few punchlines that maybe you think are funny mm -hmm. and we would love to invite you to think about absurd ridiculous silly kinds of statements and there really is no wrong answer right so shall i try to come up with them now we'd love that Actually, Lodge, when you did the um, the one with David Prescott, you played a little bit of ukulele, didn't you, at, the, at these moments <laughs> of trying to think? I, I I did, and why we did that is because we were we had three hundred people logged in, so I had to entertain them while David came I up. Um, I see. So, okay. we we'll just sit here silently and stare at you and, and say, okay, okay. And that's when the lights went on. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Oh, uh, I've always liked these pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> I suppose I, these that, pretzels are making me. This is Seinfeld, right? That's, that's I think that's one. Seinfeld. Yeah. 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 I like that one. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll just keep collecting the toe jam. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, oh. Another favorite uh, of mine. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm going through a bit of a pop phase. It's, it's lasted about 30 years. But, um, <clears throat> and, um, oh, and somewhere a fairy is rolling around the floor laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, those are those are good. Those are good. And of course, the whole the whole idea was we're going to pair these with other things here in just a moment. So these uh -huh. aren't necessarily standalone pieces. And we're mm. going to see sort of the magic of the non sequitur come into play here in just a moment before we get there. Uh, Stan, can you tell us this, just like a story behind one of the punchlines? Um, kind of how did you come up with it? Where, where does it come from? Oh, it's sort of might sound a bit strange, but for some reason, I've always found toe jam uh, to be a funny concept. <laughs> um, toe jam. I mean, um, but uh, actually, there's a, a split end song. Do you know split ends, the band? They're a, sort of an Australian, New Zealand band. Um, see my baby walking down the street. I see red, I see red, I see red. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, <clears throat> I might edit that bit out, but um, anyway, the, no, that's they, the best. They have a song called Split Ends, and, and in that is a line I think that says something like sniffing toe jams really neat. Um, which as, as a young man, I thought was hilarious. Uh, so 
Yeah, Toe Jam. Okay. Yeah, I'll just, keep, with I'll toe just keep collecting the Toe Jam. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I know you on a deeper level now. Yeah. This is fantastic. Um, yes. <laughs> and this exercise helps establish that sort of agreement, that social contract within the community, which is the three mm. of us here. We are a community now. Mm. And any community can do what we just did by developing a list of punchlines. And so anytime we have a frustration or a stress, we can say one of these punchlines and it's an invitation to everyone <laughs> to start laughing about toe jam or something. Um, these become sort of those low barrier inside jokes uh, using these non sequitur punchlines. Yeah. Yeah. So according to according to research, humor is a healthy strategy that can be practiced daily to reduce the negative impacts of frustration and stress. Also, humor and laughter are associated with increases in motivation, productivity and psychological safety. Even throwing out some like non sequitur punchlines can really get us there. It's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> so since we've already started to establish some of these punchlines, Stan, that you just gave us, we now have a resource that we can use to be really helpful. Like if I'm having a really tough day, I might say, gosh, I have had a really terrible day. I guess I'll keep collecting the toe jam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I guess if I have to, I guess I mean yeah. I have to. I have to collect the toe jam. Yeah. Like, does it stay fresh? I don't know. I'm oh. curious. Oh, oh no, no. Oh, this is yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that this immediately, what Mallory just walked us through, immediately re releases rather the tension of the frustration, which allows us to move forward and move toward acceptance. See, we have created that social contract between the three of us, but it can work with any group. So I encourage you all listening right now, try this at home. Um, you may not have laughed at the toe jam, but come up with your own. Try it with the people that you're around. Absolutely. I, I dare you to not have laughed at toe jam. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been really silly here, Stan, and it makes me curious about how this type of exercise might apply within the work that you do in the field of compassion. So mm. what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, think, I mean, it's 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 great stuff. I, I think it 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 really does connect with compassion. I mean, Paul Gilbert, he's the sort of my one of my professional heroes, and he developed compassion focused therapy and so on. But you know, he makes the point that that compassion can sometimes um, feel very serious. You know, it can be textured with a whole range of emotions um, like sorrow or sadness or anxiety or righteous anger and and so on but he, he really does make the point that that compassion can also be playful um and i think therapeutic humor you know can be a way into that sense of playfulness even in the context of suffering perhaps you know it, 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 compassion is about suffering so in some ways there's that but playfulness can can be very helpful. He, he sort of um, really emphasizes the importance of tone. In fact, compassion-focused therapy really began when Paul recognized that people he was working with clinically, you know, they could often challenge their irrational thoughts in kind of objective ways, but they did it with a hostile tone. So they would, you know, they might say, of course, people like you, you fool, or something like that, you know, like in a way it's challenging, nobody likes me, but doing it with a, a kind of a hostile tone. So th this was really the beginnings of it, actually, was to bring, you know, to work on the tone and, and um, bringing warmth and friendliness and, and ultimately compassion to, to this, you know, self-talk. And I think, you know, you can sort of feel it, you know, with this therapeutic humour, you can feel the playfulness, you can feel the warmth and friendliness, um, and that bit you said, I'm, I'm raving on now, but it, it's good stuff. Like the bit you said about, you know, community and inside jokes and, and Lodge, you mentioned just that psychological safeness piece, you know, in some ways that's really key in, in CFT. We, we, um, we talk about the three circle, three circles model of emotion and emotion regulation. And so we have the threat system and the, which is the fight, flight, 
freezer peas stuff and we have the drive system which is all about pursuing achieving and, and obtaining but then we have the soothing system where we feel safe and we feel connected with others um, it's known as the soothing affiliative system because it's all about affiliation connectedness closeness feeling calm and safe with others and i really feel like you know that the, the therapeutic humor <clears throat> can be part of that like I can imagine, Mallory, in, I'll be seeing you next in Chicago, I think. And if you happen to be in the audience for one of my little presentations, I might even just do a little mention of, of Toe Jam and, and there you'll be and we'll have a little inside joke. And in a situation which could be generally a little bit sort of threat system activating, you know, presenting in front of a big group, now I feel this kind of connection with someone and I feel kind of, there's a safeness that that kind of comes out of it. So I, I really, I, I love that part of it as well. Um, you know, and obviously, ultimately, we're working with self-criticism and shame. And, um, well, I, I guess, in, in you know, therapeutic humour is, is really important there and kind of needs to be done kind of skillfully and, and carefully and you made the point at the start about it really being an evocative process that we're not telling people why their very difficult feelings are funny, but rather inviting them to just sort of tilt their, uh, you know, sort of their attention to perhaps what might be the humor in all of this, you know, in a, in a way that, that perhaps even helps to, to soften the shame. So I, I, I can sort of imagine, you know, that this stuff really, weaving through and being very compatible with cft yeah that's awesome um mallory may i do a reflective response to that or were you thinking of it ready for it you go for it okay i'll go first <laughs> um no it's just I, I thought it's really interesting thank you very much for sharing that and that's great i mean that message will probably carry through through the rest of the exercises as well. It's, it, it'll reinforce this concept. So that's beautiful. I love the idea of uh, that uh, the humor possibly in, in a compassion framework um, helps create a playful tone. And that mm -hmm. playful tone helps um, uh, sort of improve positive self-talk, which is wonderful to access the soothing system in order to soften the shame. Yes. Um, that chain of events is is beautiful, very powerful. Thank, very thank you powerful. for sharing. Did I, get, yeah. did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. That, that that's that's a nice little uh, complex reflection. Well done. Yeah. Well, and to sort of sprinkle a couple of extra bits on top, I think what you're describing, Stan, is all of that cortisol going through our system when we're feeling mm. it threat. And how you know that if you have this moment of respite, that all you have to do is, well, I guess I'll keep collecting toe jam. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get that serotonin and oxytocin. All of a sudden you have trust and safety in your body and you no longer feel like, oh my gosh, I must fight. I must flight. But gosh, I have appreciation for my body now. And for the person who's sitting in the audience smiling, mm. who gets and. Yeah. That's that compassion for one another and then turning it inward for oneself. Yes. Yeah. Actually, that's nice because, yes, in a way, the, the, the even in that little moment, you know, there's compassion flowing in various directions, isn't there? You know, the, the, there's a kind of compassion coming from, you know, perhaps you in the audience towards me. There's There's a little bit of compassion bouncing back at you because you feel you know, sort of a part of it too. And, and it feels good to, to sort of have that moment. And then of course, it's all about the, the self-compassion piece, me just sort of helping myself to, to soften and, and soothe, you know, physically and slow down the, the body, slow down the mind and, and, you know, a calm mind thinks differently. And so then I can do my stuff, do my presentation in a, in a different kind of state. Yeah. It's very interesting. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. Are you ready to move on to our next exercise? What do you think, Stan? Sounds good. 
Right. Well, so we we've started uh, by thinking about how to apply this with these simple uh, concepts, but we're going to go into something a little bit deeper. We're going to look at the comedy of complaints. So mm -hmm. we're going to ask you to share a few one line complaints. It can be any stressor, any frustration. Here, let me give you a couple of examples. I have a couple that I can offer to you. A couple um, of complaints. For example, uh, it really bothers me when my kids take off their seatbelts before I put the car in park. Just us. Mm -hmm. How about you, Lodge? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, yeah, I'll share one. Um, uh, t today, well, my colleague didn't show up for our meeting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Stan, do you have a do you have a few that you would like to share that you would be comfortable sharing? Mm. Well, you know, COVID is just dragging on and on. Um, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Way way to bring it all down, Stan. But anyway, yeah, yeah it is. Um, oh, I, actually, I really hate it when people in fancy cars park in the no standing zone outside my cafe. <laughs> your cafe I, yeah, yeah. I, I actually do hate that but anyway um and uh doing the home chores every weekend sucks yeah one yeah. star do not recommend yeah yeah no so we've just asked you to say a bunch of complaints so check in with your body stan how does your body feel right now Well, <clears throat> actually, it went through a little journey. The COVID one, I just went, Ugh, and that did feel heavy because that kind of, you know, the the fancy cars one did make me actually giggle a little bit, funnily enough, um, probably feeling slightly, you know, sort of self-conscious or something, I'm not sure. And then down it went again with the idea of, you know, kind of the home chores. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, thinking of annoyances or problems uh, can remind our body of stress. And when we share yeah. those complaints with friends, it can even influence the feelings of stress for them as well. So, mm. you know, and, and we sort of felt that with the COVID especially. So COVID yes. is going on and on. The three of us were like, yeah, it is. Yeah. We, I think we all felt that one. Um, mm. Probably mm. in comparison to that one, uh, why we laughed. I mean, this is really interesting. Why we mm. laughed at the second one, it was a little more lighthearted and it had more specificity. Fancy oh. cars, no parking zone in front of my, so more specificity. And yeah. I think the three of us were looking to laugh after the COVID thing. Ah. We we're looking to break that tension. It's interesting. And we probably would laugh at almost anything as long as it had some specificity, some sort of embedded silliness to it. I'm not saying that that complaint is silly. It's just, it has enough specificity to feel like I, fancy cars, no parking zone. Wait, sorry. No standing zone. Is that. We, we is call that right? it, no, we call it no standing. Yeah. No standing, yeah, we don't no have... standing um, in front of my <laughs> no, no coffee. Yeah. Everyone must yeah. be sitting. I will yeah, sit everybody down sit down, sit down. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so that's. It's, it's, yeah. Oh, sorry, Latch. No, 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 that, uh, that's, what I was yeah, thinking was. You know, right now we're just looking at these complaints and of course you can feel how your body's being drugged down by it. So what we want to do is mm. take your complaints and look at them through a humor lens. Mm. So what we'd like for you to do is pick one of those complaints. It can be any one of those complaints that you would like to then take and add one of your punchlines and see what sparks laughter. So take your complaint, add the punchline as the second line. Usually when you put the two together, it ends up being really funny. For example, if I go back to mine, it, it totally bothers me when my kids take off their seatbelts before I put my car in park. I guess I won't get my deposit back. <laughs> my poor kids. They're not going to be returned. I tell you what. Uh, and there's, so there's layers to that, right? So that could mean all sorts of different things. And the listener, that's the fascinating thing about the non sequiturs, because it's so kind of random. Everybody gets to plug in their own meaning to that punchline. Like, I, to, to me, that means, I mean, that's la layers of absurdity. Like, 
the idea of trying to get a deposit back for having children is funny to me because you (laughs) obviously can't get, you don't give a deposit when you have children, (laughs) so you can't get it back. So that's absurd. (laughs) But that might be, everybody could have their own definite or interpretation of what that means and they can make their own funny out of it. Um, So there's lots of different ways to laugh. And the, the nonsensical, non sequitur part of it gives the invitation to the listener to define it however they want. Um, mm. which I think that's, it's so important, why it's so important that it's delivered in the way that Mallory delivered it. And let me, you know, hers was pretty good, but let me, let me try a funny complaint here. So, um, my complaint was, well, my colleague didn't show up for a meeting, uh, sorry, my colleague didn't show up for our meeting. Uh Oh, someone spilled the SpaghettiOs. <laughs> <laughs> it's very silly, but that, that makes me laugh. That's silly. And that's what um, I was yeah. thinking. That's the key, isn't it? It's, it's, in some ways, it's not as much about the listener as it is the speaker in this instance. You know, the therapeutic humor is about the person with the complaint feeling yeah. vaguely amused by their own punchline uh, in right. that sense. And if we're in a group yeah. together, we all know, okay, I hear this person's sharing a complaint. We're going to support them at easing that tension by laughing too. And we want to uh-huh. do that with Dan. So, uh-huh. okay. I'm sorry to interrupt, Mallory. Let me jump in real quick. Uh, let, me, let me try this again. So just to, just to kind of drive this home, because even if I'm really upset by my colleague not showing up and I'm kind of muddling through the punchline and I don't deliver it well, I can still, so our community can still reinforce that, even if I don't say it in a way that actually is funny. So let me try that and you please laugh anyway. So I'm going to do a poor <laughs> job at this. Well, you laugh right there. Um, okay, so, you know, well, my colleague didn't show up for our meeting. Uh, uh-oh, someone spilled the spaghetti. <laughs> so now I didn't deliver that in a very funny way, and I'm sort of angry about it. And the fact that you both laughed, it actually made me happier. Like, I'm like, oh, I guess that was funny. Now I feel good. Fantastic. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yes. In a, in a, in a situation where we are using it therapeutically, would there be a, a way for the listener to repeat the punchline with more of the kind of drama piece that you mentioned earlier? Or, I mean, I think that in that moment, that evocative piece is essential. So yeah. if, if you're in that therapeutic environment and you're a clinician, then of course you're saying, where's the punchline? What, what would you pick for a punchline? And then go ahead and say it. And if they go, well, you know, spaghetti. And, you know, actually that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, that is funny. <laughs> also, it reminded, that reminded me of that. Oh, sorry. No, well, I was just thinking if they don't laugh, of course, as the clinician, you can say, how did you feel? You want to give it a, a go again. I see. And, yeah, I see. But, you know, it could, that could be their attempt at funny, you know, yeah. whatever they're, that's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You really reminded me of, um, what's the lead actress in Pitch Perfect? Ah, um, uh, yes. She's, uh, she's hilarious. And uh, are we talking about Kendrick? Or are we talking about Kendrick? The I th- yeah. I think. Anna Kendrick. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. I'll take it. Yeah. Thank that's you. a good one. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, I accept. But Stan, Stan, I think to, I think to your point, you were kind of. I, I think one of the, the things I took from your comment was, it is possible to throw punchlines, agreed upon community punchlines, on other people's complaints. Oh, okay. It, it is possible. So, so I might say, you know, for uh, let's just go back to this one. Uh, well, my colleague didn't show up for our meeting, and Stan, you might say, "Uh oh, someone spilled the spaghettios." <laughs> Sorry, right? And then now you've helped me. You know, I didn't come up with that, and it, it, it reminds me. Oh yeah, we did agree that that is a funny thing, and now that made me laugh. Thank you. Yes. Wonderful. But I can imagine that's the bit that's very delicately approached. You know, right. like knowing it, the person. It, it's, and, yeah. Yes. Exactly. That's the that's the risk. That right there is the risk. Yes. Mm. Therein lies. So what we instead want to do is have you come up with where's the complaint. And where's the punchline? So the setup is, uh, you know, the complaint, which builds tension and the punchline relieves the tension. So the setup for you, let's, let's go ahead and look at, let's see. Um, 
doing the home chores every weekend sucks. And somewhere a fairy is rolling on the floor laughing. (laughs) 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 That's so silly. (laughs) It's it's very silly. Uh, And and I think we all have probably our own imagery of yeah yeah imagery of what of what's going on there that's that's hilarious mm. Mm. Yeah. oh my goodness <sighs> are, do you have stan do you have any would you like to try another uh well uh <laughs> what was what was oh covid is just dragging on and on i just keep collecting more toe jam <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, 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 you, you can collect it on your next fart. Yes. <laughs> oh, you said it. Well done. You. You. Yeah. So oh yeah, God. I know. I know. Oh. Yeah. So that's oh. that's a that's a that's a callback. So now now we're really getting into it. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's that's funny. Uh, I don't know why, but that's that's absolutely hysterical. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, okay. Um, so you can see how we just almost started writing jokes there with setups and punchlines. Um, how how are you feeling in terms of your your stress now, Stan? After well, it it definitely just diffuses the um, the feeling, you know, especially the the COVID one. You know, like the, it sort of um, it 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 sort of diffuses the heaviness and makes it lighter. Mm. and the fascinating so having having done this quite a bit with a number of people i've done this myself many many times and done this with other groups and other people what's fat what's really fascinating about this work is that so once you create this list of punchlines and you could be have lots of them i mean mallory and i have created hundreds hundreds and so what's really fascinating about the work is that you take any complaint like exactly like we've done and there's something sort of magical about it because once you have your complaint and the toe jam thing is a perfect example um because that would probably work with so many complaints like you could plug it into it would be a go-to it would be a go-to punchline um Mm -hmm. but there's something really interesting because as you have a complaint you express it maybe you write it down and you start scrolling through this list you start scanning it and it's almost like something catches your attention and then you just start laughing mm. and it does it's not always the same one every time it's so context specific but there's something sort of interesting and magical about that process of like scanning through your punchlines to find out what's going to release the tension the best for you uh-huh. for me right yes. um so this exercise so this 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 kind of process uh, provides a safe way to invite people in our community, and in this case, the three of us, to be honest mm. and vulnerable, uh, yeah. regardless of the complaint. The mm. social contract means that if we put a punchline at the end, we give ourselves and others permission to laugh, which, again, like Mallory said, can diffuse that tension built up from any stressor or frustration. Absolutely. So actually, we know that in research, what this does is it reduces our stress and it allows us three of us right here to have an improved relationship. We feel like we are more comfortable and laughter as a resource can help fight off symptoms of depression, reverse negative thinking, and even help us fight off unproductive uh, concerns about work and preconceived ideas. And so it definitely can help you know, address some of the things related to compassion work and shame. And so I'm curious, again, with this exercise, Stan, how does this exercise play into mm. the work you might do with your, your mm. clients? Let, let me just jump in real fast with a, with a side yeah. note. Um, we'll, we'll get back to that in just one second. Because um, the, uh, the exercise also offers, and I think we mentioned this before, but I just jumped, jumped out at me, um, an example of what a, a, the basic structure of a joke, right? So, mm. uh, as Mallory said a second ago, so this the, the complaint is the setup, and that's what builds tension. So it's the COVID piece. It's COVID goes on and on, on and on. And the punchline is the toe jam piece, right? So that breaks the tension. So that's that's really kind of all a joke is. It's it's that mm-hmm. setup to create tension and the punchline to release the tension. And the more absurd, silly, ridiculous, surprising that punchline is, the bigger laughs you will get. 
Um, so I, I apologize for interrupting. Yeah. So um, uh, I just wanted to make that quick note. Um, but mm. yeah, how does this how does this concept relate to your uh, work in compassion? Yeah. Well, the the uh, sort of I mean, imagine if we could treat you sort of work with our own self criticism in this way. You know that that this is a big focus for CFT is working with the critical self. I guess you could we we sort of think of. Um, multiple selves in CFT and that there are different parts of ourselves and one part might be this this critical self um, and you know you could sort of imagine that the critical self statement is like the setup I guess <clears throat> mm. and and then perhaps followed by the by the um, the punchline or the uh, yeah and and it's it, it seems again we would be approaching it in in a careful sort of a way wisely you know um but maybe the we, we also talk about the compassionate self which is another part of ourselves and in cft we're really cultivating and developing this compassionate self um and so the critical self is saying you know i'm no good and the compassionate self is offering the punchline now because remember both of these are parts of the person that we're working with so it's still being evocative it's just developing these different aspects within the one person. Um, and um, actually it'd be very interesting to, to hear comments from those of you who do end up listening or watching uh, all of this and, and to see what you think about that, that idea. But, um, but yeah, we have a whole range of strategies in CFT like imagery practices and, and, and embodiment practices, chair work. You could sort of almost imagine that the person is in the critical self chair, delivers the kind of the the setup, and then the person shifts to the to the compassionate self chair, and delivers the punchline in a compassionate way. You know, it, it's so it, it's kind of interesting. I think we you know we're we're sort of trying to work on these different parts of ourselves, and maybe therapeutic humor could be in there. You know, in in in, in these really intentional and evocative ways. Yeah. Fantastic. So the, the next exercise we're going to do, I think we'll continue this concept and this, this discussion about uh, the multiple selves uh, mm. and multiple perspectives and how, how much of a struggle that really is. Mm. Um, but what I heard uh, that really, that really spoke to me um, in terms of these multiple selves, I, I love the idea that, you know, the setup is sort of the self criticism. That's, that's part of you. And also part of you is the compassion itself and kind of tying into what you said uh, a few minutes ago when your reflections about the punchlines. Um, so it's sort of like, it's a compassion itself that is also a playful self. Yes. Yeah, that's mm. that's fascinating. And, and, and sort of comes in with the punchline to just maybe slightly defuse the tension, you know, and, and kind of, because critical self is often very much threat system activation. You know, that that's the part of ourselves that you know, is kind of feeling often kind of social threat and mm -hmm. up goes, up goes the sympathetic nervous system activation, up goes the cortisol, as Mallory was saying perhaps before. Uh, and then in comes the compassionate self with little, little ways to try to, um, you know, kind of down-regulate and, and, you know, activate parasympathetic nervous system and, and help to sort of soften some of that threat system activation mm. with humour. Mm. Yes. Yes, that's really beautiful. It's a great way to depict the setup and the punchline. Yeah. Just building and releasing of all of that tension. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. So let's take it one step further here. Let's look at the next exercise. And so this next exercise is called the comedy of contradictions. So you might be uh, feeling like you understand this because we in our lives, we have an endless series of situations that we feel conflicted about. I mean, certainly we on the daily face paradoxes, double binds, contradictions, ambivalences. That's my favorite one. Um, things that have contradictory features, right? So in reality, it's not about judging which side of the paradox is right or wrong. 
Um, but really it's about acknowledging that our lives are replete with these double binds and doing the work that allows us to accept that both sides can exist together. Both sides, the multiple selves, right? Accepting that you have multiple selves. I think it's a great, that was a great bridge to, to talking about this. It's actually really difficult to accept an internal contradiction. Mm. Uh, for example, I love my job. I don't want to work. <laughs> I mean, that's a really, I think a lot of people share that paradox. Yes. Every day I wake up, you're like, oh gosh, I love what I get to do. I don't want to do any of it. <laughs> mm. um, so many of us want to think that there are right and wrong ways to be. And we effectively tell ourselves that half of our feelings are wrong because they contradict with how we think we should be. That negative self-talk can put or keep me in a state of discontent. If I'm thinking, how dare I even think that I don't want to work? How, da how dare I? Oh my gosh, I'm a terrible person. What's wrong with me? Of course I should want to work. Should, should, should. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can hear it. You can hear those pieces of that critical self, right? Mm. So uh, I'll share one of my paradoxes, one of my sort of conflicts. Uh -huh. uh, I want my kids to be really self-sufficient and I do everything for them. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people have that, that one as well. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's really tough. And, and what I, I think one of the biggest uh, ambivalences that I hear from people is along those lines. It's like, I love my kids. I, they drive kids me nuts. Dri they, they drive me <laughs> yeah. nuts. Like it's really, really hard, right? Like that's, yeah. that's a really fundamental human paradox right there. And uh, so here's, here's one of mine. Um, uh, I don't like it when people are judgmental of others. Uh, sometimes I judge other people. <laughs> Yes. You know, I, I, how do I don't know how to it's interesting, isn't that. it? Even the paradoxes themselves can actually evoke a little bit of, you know, kind of humor, depending well, on how the they're reason, delivered, too, I suppose. Right. The delivery is key. And we, we've gotten into delivering these really well. And it's, it's, it's a testament to the strength of the three of our community right now, that uh -huh. we are in this mindset uh -huh. of laugh at everything. Like we're trying right. to find things funny. If we're alone in a room at, yep. you know, at night and I'm, I had a hard day, it's a very different situation where I'm like, I don't mm -hmm. like it when people are judgmental of others. Sometimes I judge other people. And how dare I even say I judge other, you know, and then we get off this thing. Off but goes. right now we have this wonderful, warm community that pretty much if I say anything like, da -da 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 -da, I mean, everybody, you probably, I mean, it's likely to, well, that didn't work, <laughs> did it? Uh, terrible point. All right, next. <laughs> so uh, as you can tell, um, you know, Lodge and I have both shared a paradox. So if oh. you're comfortable, Stan, we would love if you would be so generous to share one of yours with us today. Well, I, I, I live and breathe compassion and self-compassion. Um, and I am super self-critical. Mm. Mm -hmm. That didn't make anyone laugh. <laughs> I, I get it. I, yeah. I feel I feel that deeply. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. Um, that's thank you for sharing that. And yeah. as as you know, uh, one of the ways that we can practice acceptance, and this is no news to you, Stan, is to write them down. And then here's where we come in add one of our non sequitur punchlines to the end. So uh, Lodge, if it's okay, I'm gonna try yours. Now, Please. normally, Dan, we would, um, we would invite the client or the other person to come up with their own. So this is a little bit outside of the norm, but uh, Lodge and I have agreed upon this in advance. Okay. So if I were Lodge, I might say, I love my job. I don't wanna work. I guess I'll keep collecting toe jam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it works. It works. It works. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I will. Thank you. Thank you yes. for keying me into that. That's wonderful. You're welcome. You're welcome. Next time you take your shoes off, you'll be thinking of me. 
<laughs> my smiling face will be in your mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's painful, as we've been exploring, to, to face a paradox. Uh, if we add a punchline, just like with the complaints, um, it can ex make expressing it playful and maybe even pleasurable. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I, it's true. It's true. And uh, I'd love to share how I've used a punchline with with my paradox, if you don't mind. Um, so <laughs> it's not as funny as yours, Stan, but I still have really enjoyed it myself. Uh, so I want my kids to be self-sufficient. I do everything for them. I blame public libraries. <laughs> <laughs> What did they ever do to you? <laughs> oh, no, that's yeah. good. I can't find the books. I can't find them. <laughs> All right. So how, I, I got one. Um, let me try one. Um, how about this? Uh, I don't like it when people are judgmental of others. Sometimes I judge other people. And that's the most dangerous game. <laughs> Again, not it's no toe jam, but it's, yeah, it makes yeah. me laugh. toe jam. Oh, that's a t-shirt right there. <laughs> oh, it's no toe jam. Okay, well, Stan, Stan, what would you uh, do to make one of your paradoxes? I know you gave us one. I'm sure you have more than one. So certainly up to you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Would you like to start with the first one? Um, I, I live and breathe compassion and self-compassion. I am super self-critical. And that's when the lights went on. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have a really interesting interpretation of that that actually makes me laugh. Uh, that's uh, kind of weird. I'm not going to explain it because it's okay. strange. But that's funny to me. I like it. You, would you like to try another one? <clears throat> In my dotage, I want to stay fit and strong. I hate getting up early in the morning. These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> Sorry, that does, that one does make me laugh. Yeah, that's just a great punchline. So I mean, silly. It's, it's so it's a it's great so cultural. Line. It's a great punchline. Mm. I, I think you pretty classic. much throw that at the end of anything. Yeah, mm. it's yes. classic. Yes, it's uh, yeah. a classic. Do, do, do you have one more? Um, <clears throat> I love my pets, but two cats and two dogs is four too many. I, I guess I'll just keep collecting toe jam. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, so that the four too many that that's another example of that specificity that in and of itself uh, is funny. Is funny. The way yeah. that you said it, four yeah. too many is actually a really funny way of saying that's too many. Yes. So that specificity is yet another really good example of a joke. So that's a double funny. Double joked, funny, so, yeah. So the, the yeah. four is too many is actually a laugh line, and then the toe jam is the punchline. So that yes. is that is very, very well done. Oh, my gosh. How do you feel after all of that? Oh, I feel happy, I would say. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Nice, yeah. Uh, this exercise gives us, gives us a safe way to express our endless internal conflicts, mm. as we've been experiencing. Our lives are filled with ambivalences, and if we can write them down and laugh with them playfully, that can help us accept them. Acceptance can stop the internal conflict and bring forward peace and contentment, that we mm -hmm. recognize that our multiple selves are accepted. Yes. Well, that's so, true because we're not we're not necessarily wanting to be rid of our critical self. It's not about that. It's about acceptance and and mm -hmm. you know making making them all part of the the team in a sense. And yeah, thanks. Yeah, good. Mm. Yes, weaving them together. That's exactly what we're trying to do. So when we write down our thoughts and feelings, we understand them more clearly, the role that they play. So if we are, Stan, struggling with stress, depression, anxiety, of course, creating a journal of these narratives and then wrapping them in humor, you know, it can allow us that, that benefit of acceptance with a little bit of joy and help us gain control of those feelings to help us feel like 
we understand our mental health. So I, I say, let's get writing. Absolutely. Um, and I imagine, so Stan, you sort of mentioned this just a moment ago, you started along this path and I'm wondering if you have uh, more to add, would love to hear more. So I imagine uh, you hear about internal conflicts a lot in the field of compassion. So um, how does this exercise sort of fit in with, with your work? Yeah, I, I mean, that that is sort of the, the nub of the issue, isn't it? Is these internal uh, conflicts, these these sort of paradoxes, ambivalences. I mean, the other area of great interest for me, of course, is motivational interviewing, which is something that I share with Mallory. Um, and, um, and actually, it's interesting because one of my little things is, is where motivational interviewing and compassion-focused therapy kind of meet and become this this sort of wonderful kind of thing uh for me my my two professional loves coming together and um and actually maybe my third professional love is now going to be therapeutic humor because yeah. there's there's the sweet spot you know kind of cft working with parts multiple selves critical self maybe the shamed self but certainly anxious angry sad selves you know these different parts bringing in the compassionate self, uh, perhaps with the, some of the, the, the warm and friendly punchlines. Am I coming into the, the process, looking at dilemmas, looking at um, ambivalences, uh, and perhaps even kind of the therapeutic humour, making all of that sort of, well, kind of feel happy, you know? And, and if, if people feel calm and safe and happy, then, you know, all sorts of, uh, wonderful things can flow from that for them. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I would do a, a, a simpler complex reflection, um, but I'll, all I'm really going to say is uh, therapeutic humor would love to have you, Stan. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I agree. I yeah. agree. And as as you know, I think that there's a lot of crosswalks there that we can all um, mm really find a beautiful blend together mm. so I, I, I won't say menage a trois but you know kind of <laughs> it's a it's a lovely threesome <laughs> why did I say did I say that or did I just think it I think that was out loud but what I Damn think it. you're saying is a beautiful braid of um, yes concepts together to create That's what I'm trying to say rope uh yeah. that will help keep us feeling secure. I like it. Um, <laughs> Great. Reframe. Beautiful. We're all in this together now. Okay. Remember that later. Anything for uh, a laugh. Anything. Mm. <laughs> all right. So, so interestingly enough, uh, I used um, humor to accept a, a paradox in my life, an internal mm. conflict in my life. And I'd love to share it with you because it did require a great deal of inward thinking and reflection and really that compassionate self uh, as well as that critical self. Mm. My example in my paradox is, um, ladies, do you relate to this one? Uh, I really want my partner to read my mind. And the opposite of that is the truth that is no one can read my mind. And so using therapeutic humor became a resource to me so that I can find some acceptance with this sort of irrational belief and expectation. So first I took my paradox and I added a non sequitur punchline. I want my partner to read my mind. No one can read my mind. I guess I won't get my deposit back. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, see, it makes you laugh. And the process gave me uh, some instant relief from the intensity of my contradicting feelings. And the truth is, is that many people will find that the therapeutic process ends right there. You know, you just have this paradox, you add a punchline and that's, that's fine. But another thing that you can do is you can uh, take that paradox and turn it into a more traditional comedy performance, which is what I tried to do. Mm. So I took away the non sequitur punchline. Um, Stan, I know you've seen me do a little bit of stand-up comedy, just a little bit. 
so I took away that non sequitur punchline. I expanded the narrative just a little bit. And then I added a more linear punchline using some more advanced writing techniques, thanks to a little bit of support from Lodge here. And I recorded the joke. Ah. Uh, and I have to tell you, um, it took me about 77 takes. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. That might be the exact number. Uh, holding my phone to my face. Uh, and the reason uh -huh. why I did that is I, I wanted to capture a version that really sparked that joy and laughter for me. And each time I practiced it, I got a little bit closer to acceptance. And so I know this sounds a little bit bizarre, but uh, do you want to see it, Stan? It's 38 seconds. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I'm in a relationship with someone, I want them to be able to read my mind, just know how I'm thinking and feeling without me having to say a thing. And by the way, they also must have the power of flight and teleportation. I mean, is that too much to ask? I know. I, I know. They, they will never be able to fly or teleport or even be able to read my mind, which is a good thing. Because I think it's some <laughs> weird. It's basically a circus of dancing bananas up there. <laughs> Just dancing bananas up there, friends. I mm, do. Yeah. So be yeah, careful. Yeah. Proceed with caution. <laughs> totally. It, some of the know, things that go on in my mind, I, I, I would be very concerned if people could read it. <laughs> Yes. That's the thing. That's the thing. So really, I, I feel really grateful that I was able to face this paradox, even though it was painful, because at the end of the day, I got to laugh about it. I got to have some joy, some laughter. And frankly, now I really understand that I can have these two contradictory, um, conflicting feelings that can exist at the same time. And I don't have the same internal conflict anymore it's just sort of gone i don't expect it anymore <laughs> and you, you can see how sort of complex so taking it from that non sequitur piece to the more traditional um it is a he much heavier lift um so that's just something to, to to consider um though as mallory said you know i think most people will stop with the sort of daily practice of the non sequiturs and the finding that sort of more instant joy she's just mallory is very interested in doing more comedy writing and work on that skill so that um that's not a necessity uh for the therapeutic humor but it's just a really good example of a a more complex um experience when it comes mm. to sort of addressing th this particular ambivalence or really any ambivalence so yeah mallory thank you for sharing that story it, it is wonderful um mm. it's amazing uh now you may be asking yourself out there so as you as we're closing out this podcast i did it again um <laughs> uh, now you may be asking yourself uh can i get mallory and lodge to come work with me my team group community whatever yes you can uh if you're interested in in that, you can visit visit MalloryDeSalle.com and you can go and check out her work and, and contact her through her website, or you can go to LodgeMcCammon.com and do the same. Send us a message. Uh, we'd love to work with you. Mm. And we, we just really appreciate you, Stan, and for anyone who's listening so much. Um, thank you so much for having us. Thank you. And thank you for being on Compassion in a T-shirt. <laughs>